1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just
2: win. The autumn wind
3: is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. his face is weather he wears a hooded sash, With a silver hat about his head and a bristling black moustache, he growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold.
0: Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, July 28th, 2020. It is Tuesday. Very excited about today's show. Very excited about every show, but definitely excited about today's show. Got a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of news and notes, and got a good topic coming up in segment two that I'm very fired up and excited about as well. Uh, coming up in segment number three, you're going to get your calls and your texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4255 four six nine three segment number two going to talk about a piece that was put out by the athletic and uh it, it's not a vic tafer part piece it's actually done by mike sando but it was it was something that was basically a poll and it was the quarterback rankings according to 50 coaches and nfl evaluators again it was a piece in the athletic by mike sando very very interesting and the reason why i want to talk about it is because Derek carr and marcus mariota both were ranked in this in this piece and I don't really have a place, I don't really have a problem with where they were ranked, the number that they were given, but I have slight problem with the people that are around them. So I'll talk about that clearly more in segment number two. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of that. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I want to give you the news and the notes of the day. And for me personally, one of the biggest pieces of news that came out on Monday was the announcement of Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., a part of Lotus Broadcasting now I've been teasing for a little bit of a while for Silver and Black today where that show was going to go on Sundays on CBS Sports that was the last show that myself and Scott Goldbranson did on the CBS Sports show and now it is moving and I told you it was moving and I told you it had a home and be announced sometime on Monday and that was Raider Nation Radio 920 AM part of Lotus Broadcasting they put out a statement the Raiders put out a statement and it's really really a big deal so I kind of get into the, the details of the whole station and the idea of the station right about now. So it was announced about 10 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. on the West Coast about Raider Nation, 920 a.m. Radio, Lotus Broadcasting, and the Las Vegas Raiders announced KOMP 92.3, the rock station, serve as the Raiders' flagship radio station in Vegas. In addition, Lotus Broadcasting has announced the launch of Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., a 24-7 sports talk station that will serve as the home for daily Raiders content year-round. Both KOMP 92.3 on the FM and Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., will broadcast Las Vegas Raiders football game. So that is one of the most important parts right there. That's where, in Las Vegas, you will find the Raiders' football games you will hear the broadcast on either 92.3 the fm or nine twenty a.m so uh, again it's, a, it's an exciting time i uh, talked about it before the raiders have announced many different tv partners this is the partner on the radio side of things also they announced who the lineups are going to be and the lineups are very very good lots of good talent quality raider talk going to be on 9 20 a.m so it goes as follows Pritch and Clay. Mike Pritchard and Clay, the producer, Clay Baker, are going to be on from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Obviously, this is all West Coast time. So Pritch and Clay, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Then it goes national. The Mike Greenberg Show, who's going to be on uh, ESPN Radio, that's 10 a.m. to noon. The Mike Greenberg Show will be on uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. from 10 to noon. And then followed up by the JT the Brick Show. And the JT the Brick has obviously been around the Raiders for a very, very long time. Uh, He's served for over 24 years, sports radio. Uh, He's going to do a really good job. He's going to have shows like the John Gruden Show on his show. I mean, he'll have a lot of good interviews with players. I mean, JT's going to have a lot of good stuff from noon to 2. And then the Silver and Black today day. That's with Scott Goldbranson and myself from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. and then closing things out with In the Huddle with Vincent Bonsignor. And you know he's the lead Raiders reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, so he's going to close things out uh, as far as local shows. Going to be In the Huddle with Vincent Bonsignor 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So uh, that's a salty little lineup, man. Pritch and Clay. Then you got the Mike Greenberg show, and hopefully I mean, I'm not a big Greenberg fan, but hopefully at some point uh, somebody will cover up that 10 to noon show and also as a Raider show. But then JT the Brick, noon to 2 Silver and Black today, 2 to 4 p.m. And in the huddle with Vincent Bonsignor, 4 to 6. So a real salty lineup right there. And it's really, really nice to have a complete Raiders station, to have all Raiders talk throughout the day. Again, that two hours where the Mike Greenberg show is on, that won't be Raiders talk. But either way, it's a really, really good salty lineup. A lot of talent going to be there. You're going to hear a lot of good Raiders conversation, a lot of good Raider interviews. Uh, very excited about the opportunity. Scott Goldbranson has brought me in and uh, allowed me to be a part of the process. So a uh, very excited. Excited about it, and you know it's it's a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. I'm still going to be doing my show on ESPN Central Texas from noon to three Central Time. So basically, I got about an hour downtime. I'll get off the air at three and then hustle to the house and uh, be back on the radio from four to six p.m. uh, Central Time, which is two to four on the West Coast. So it's a lot of work for me, but it's all good. Uh, Like I said, it's a nice little opportunity. It's a nice way to get my foot in the door with Lotus Broadcasting, which is clearly the home of ESPN Las Vegas, which is my end-all, be-all goal to be there. But uh, very excited about this opportunity would love to to get in the building and uh you know be a part of everything there at lotus broadcasting but like i said this is a positive step in the right direction as far as i'm concerned and very excited about all raiders all day long on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m which starts monday august 3rd so uh, that's when you'll start to hear the silver and black today from 2 to 4 p.m next monday august 3rd so got another piece of news, and that has to do with actually players on the field and the roster of the Raiders, and that's the fact that they claim guard Jordan Roos off of uh, waivers from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Roos is a six foot three, three hundred pound guard. He joins the Raiders after spending his first three seasons with the Seahawks. After originally signing with the team as an undrafted free agent in 2017, over his career, he's appeared in 14 games. Last season, he tied a career high, appearing in seven contests. He spent the 2018 campaign on the team's practice squad after also appearing in seven games. As a rookie in 2017, but uh, the Seahawks made some moves. They had to release some players, especially after the addition of Jamal Adams, and uh, the Raiders claimed another guard off of waivers. So Jordan Roos is now a member of the Raiders, and there should be a corresponding move coming from that pretty soon, but the release that the Raiders put out uh, just had to do with the claim of Jordan Roos off of waivers. Another little nugget comes from the NFLPA, something that I've been following kind of closely, and that is the Infectious Disease Emergency Response Plans, and last week I talked about it, I believe the NFLPA had only approved eight of them. They ended, they, they've they got all 32. All 32 teams have put their plans in place, but they only had approved eight of them last week, and the Raiders were not one of them. Well, now, uh, the NFLPA, they put out on Monday that 20 plans have been approved including the Raiders so that's good to go they're good to go the NFLPA is satisfied with what the Raiders how they have their plans in place for infectious disease emergency response now there's 12 teams that are still under review but the Raiders are not one of them something that came out on Sunday night was the top 100 list in the NFL and that's not something that I normally talk about too often one I don't really think it really means a whole lot but the top 100 list of the players in the NFL voted on by other players I guess it's kind of a cool little thing Uh, again I never get too worked up about it but kind of cool to see a couple Raiders on there and I still expect to see maybe at least one more uh, potentially two more Raiders on the top 100 list but Darren Waller he checked in at number 9 and running back Josh Jacobs checked in at number 72 nice little nod for Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller from going from being a practice squad dude that only had a handful of catches uh, the the first year he was with the Raiders or actually the first half season that he was with the Raiders to all of a sudden you know having over a thousand yards receiving in 2019 and really being the dude nice to see him check in at number 19 Uh, the other two guys that I'm thinking about as far as potential top 100 players Max Crosby of course he's going to be somewhere on the list and Derek Carr might make it Uh, you know I think he probably should check in uh, somewhere between 70 and 50 I think both guys will check in somewhere between 70 and 50, and that's where they're at. They they stopped on Sunday night. They went from 100 to 71. So somewhere between 70 and 50, I expect to see Max Crosby and Derek Carr check in on the top 100 list in the NFL. Again, I don't get too worked up about it, but I know it's something that, you know, some people and some fans uh, like to know an update on. So there you go. The Raiders check in at 99 with Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs in at number 72. Also, last week, Derek Carr and the quarterbacks, they took their COVID-19 testing. They had to have a 72-hour period, and they had to pass their COVID-19 test twice. And uh, Vinny Monsignor, he actually put out on Twitter, Good news on Raiders quarterbacks. Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, and Nate Peterman have passed a 72-hour COVID screening process. They now have access to the Raiders facility for physical equipment and take part in virtual meetings. Another step in the right direction as far as the Raiders go, and especially their quarterbacks. Uh, They're starting to be players that are testing positive for COVID-19. They're starting to be players that are opting out of the 2020 season. So far, none of the Raiders, but don't be surprised if that happens at some point as well. So something to continue to monitor. I believe there's about three NFL players. Again, none of the Raiders, but there's three NFL players that have already opted out. Uh, one went from the Chiefs, one from the Cowboys, and I believe one from maybe the Jaguars. Uh, I don't remember. No, the Patriots, the Patriots. A fullback from the Patriots, a defensive back from the Cowboys, and that offensive lineman that went from the Chiefs and uh, was eventually replaced by Kelechi Semele So those three guys have opted out of the 2020 season, and there will be more, and there will be some players that come down with COVID-19 and uh, have to be put on the COVID-19 IR, which they could come back from as soon as they're medically cleared. And speaking of Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, let's go ahead and jump into segment number two where I talk about their rankings. Quarterbacks' rankings, according to 50 coaches and NFL evaluation. It's a piece that was in The Athletic by Mike Sando. Very interesting. Where is Derek Carr ranked? Where is Marcus Mariota ranked? And who is ranked around them? That's the most important part for me. Who is ranked around them? We'll talk all about that in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, Every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about quarterback rankings. According to 50 coaches and NFL evaluators, according to a piece in the Athletic put out their bike, Mike Sando. So the two quarterbacks that we're going to pay attention to, obviously, are both Raider quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. Where are they ranked? What tier are they ranked? What players are ranked around them? I think that's probably the most important thing, but I found it very, very interesting. There are five tiers in this piece on The Athletic, even though nobody was a fifth-tier guy. A tier one guy is a quarterback that can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. That's what a tier one quarterback is. Now, let me tell you what a tier two quarterback is real quick. A tier two quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. That's tier two guys. Now, Tier three quarterbacks, a tier three quarterback is a legitimate starter, but needs a heavier run game and or defensive component to win a lower volume drop back passing offense suits him best. That's tier three. Tier four is a tier four quarterback could be an unproven player with some upside or a veteran who is ultimately best suited as a backup. So those are the four tiers that uh, all the quarterbacks in the league were ranked. Uh, About 35 quarterbacks in the league were ranked. So let's go ahead and talk about, like I said, Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. And most importantly, what tier they're in and who is around them. So I would let you guess what tier you think Derek Carr is in. But since I'm not doing this show live and since it's recorded, I guess it would be silly to pause. So I'll go ahead and do it anyway. What tier do you think Derek Carr is in? Okay, cool. Derek Carr is a Tier 3 quarterback, according to these 50 coaches and NFL evaluators, and he was ranked 20th total. And I told you already, a Tier 3 quarterback is a legitimate starter but needs a heavier run game and or defensive component to win. A lower-volume drop-back passing offense suits him best. I have no problem with that. I absolutely don't have any problem with that. Derek Carr ranked 20th out of, well, 32, 35. I'm fine with that. That's about what Derek Carr is. I have absolutely no problem with that. He's about a middle-of-the-pack the guy. So I'm okay with it. The only issue I have is the guys that are around Derek Carr. And some of the guys that are in front of Derek Carr, I have a little bit of issue with as well. First of all, the guy who is directly in front of Derek Carr at number 19, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, they said, I don't think he's Superman anymore. He got 14 Tier 2 votes, 29 Tier 3 votes, 6 Tier 4 votes, and 1 Tier 5 vote. In 2019, he was a Tier 3 quarterback. I forgot to tell you how many different votes Derek Carr got. For Tier 2, he got 3 votes. For Tier 3, he got 45. Tier 4, he got 2. And then 2019, he was a Tier 3 guy. Again, have no problem with Derek Carr. But I do have a problem with Cam Newton coming in at number 19 when Cam Newton hasn't played in two years. You know what I mean? And look, if Cam Newton is Cam Newton that we know, if he's the guy that he was even close to 2015, maybe 2016, then okay, I get it. I can get him because he definitely could be a way more dynamic player than Derek Carr. And so then I would have no issue with it. But I can't give a guy credit who hasn't played. I mean, the first line they say is no one has seen a healthy Newton play since 2018. So how could he be ranked 19th? I mean, you're based off of what you've done. So that, I mean, I have a real issue when you put a guy who's been banged up and he was released by his team and he was one of the last of the Mohicans to get signed. Actually, he was the last of the Mohican quarterbacks to get signed because nobody knows who he is. So how do you put him in the middle of the pack? I mean, he can't, again, in the right offense. And if he's 100% healthy, yeah, he could be a hell of a player. But if you don't know, if there's a big question mark, I don't get that. One has to wonder, and I don't doubt this at all, but how much love did he get from being a Patriot? Like If he had signed with another team, if he had signed with the Cowboys, or if he had signed with, I don't know, any team, name any other team, the Lions or the Steelers, if he had signed with any other team besides New England, where would he be? Do you think he'd be at number 19? Because I don't. You know what I mean? And, again, I've, I've had this conversation before. If the Patriots do it, it makes all the sense in the world. If another team does it, hell, if the Raiders had done it, do you think he would have been ranked 19th? I don't think so. They would have been, well, who knows what kind of player you're going to get. How's he going to fit in John Gruden's offense? Well, I mean, there would have been so many stinking questions about Cam Newton. But, again, going back to the Patriot way and giving the Patriots the benefit of the doubt for everything. I mean, they can fart, and it could stink, and it could be right in your face and to your mouth where you taste it. And someone will say, well, that was your fault. You had your mouth open. You know what I mean? Like, someone's going to make an excuse for everything that the Patriots do. So I, I just really think that Cam Newton gets a nod at 19 only because of the name that's next to him. And it's not his. It's the team that he's signed up to play with that hell he might not even make the he might not even be the starting quarterback now I have a good feeling he will be the starting quarterback, but what if he's not? what if he's not the starting quarterback and you put him in there at number 19? Come on man I, I just I cannot get behind that but I mean again, the Patriots get way more love than they need to get because well they've been proven to do things right in the past so there you go so that's why they get that nod and that's why in my opinion he gets that number at 19. Right behind Derek Carr at number 21 is Baker Mayfield. He got six Tier 2 votes, 38 Tier 3 votes, uh, six Tier 4 votes. And in 2019, he was actually a Tier 2 guy. Um, They said the Browns probably did not plan for Mayfield to have four head coaches and two general managers in the first three NFL seasons. But here we are, and it's no surprise. Um, I mean, Baker Mayfield could be good. You know, I don't think I've seen enough to know that he's good. I thought when they ranked him as a Tier 2 guy in 2019, that was a little high for him, but I can see him being a, a Tier 3 guy. Again, my bigger issue is with Cam Newton when you haven't seen him at all. Another issue I have with a tier uh, Tier 3 guy, how about Kyler Murray? He's been in the league one year, and he did okay. I know he won Offensive Rookie of the Year. I still contest that. I don't think that's okay. He came in at number 14. 14! Now, I don't know about you, and I know he's a dynamic player, but I mean he hasn't done enough to, to for me to say he's almost a top 10 quarterback. They put him at number 14. They said he knows when to run, he knows when to pass, he does not turn the ball over much, and that little joker can throw. Another statement that they said about Murray, very few quarterbacks coming out their rookie season have polled as well as Murray polled this year. Coaches and evaluators tend to use their fourth tier liberally for players with short track records. That contributed to artificially low ratings for Mahomes and Jackson entering their second seasons. Unlike those two, Murray started all 16 games as a rookie. Reviews were favorable. I don't know, man. I'm just still not 100% sold. I, know, I think that Kyler Murray is a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be uh, find a way to win in the league because that's just what he is. He's a winner. Always has been a winner. Go all the way back to high school. He's, just, he's won on all levels. But you can't convince me, one, that he was Offensive Rookie of the Year last year, and you sure can't convince me he's already the 14th best quarterback in the league. He threw for 3,722 yards in 2019. Uh, he had 20 touchdown passes to 12 interceptions. 87.4 rating. Again, I'm not trying to hate on the dude, but just don't know if he's already... I actually, I do know he's not already ranked at number 14. So Derek Carr at 20, fine. Kyler Murray at 14 and Cam Newton at 19, I don't know about that. Now, how about you go on to Marcus Mariota? Obviously, he's been brought in to be a Raiders backup. Uh, He's a guy that I feel like is going to be able to push Derek Carr. If push comes to shove, I think that they'll have uh, some good practices in training camp. I really think it's good to have that veteran presence behind Derek Carr. Something goes down, uh, something happens with Derek Carr. Either he's not playing very well or he gets injured. I have a lot more faith in him than I do in a Nate Peterman or insert whoever else you want to put there. I think the fact that he's a a guy, a proven veteran, is going to serve the Raiders really well. He came in as a Tier 4 quarterback, and if you need to be reminded, a Tier 4 quarterback could be an unproven player with some upside or a veteran who is ultimately best suited as a backup. One person said, I really want to like him, but he's a 4. And another, oh, he had, let's see, for his votes, Tier 3 votes, he got 20. Tier 4 votes, he got 27 Tier 5 votes 3. In 2019, he was a Tier 3 guy. So I think he's right there on the cusp. I know they gave him a 4, but I think because he got benched last year and Ryan Tannehill took his spot, that's the reason why Tannehill was a 3 this year and and uh, Marcus Mariota's a 4. But I think he has the ability to be a 3. I don't, I don't think he'll ever be a 2 or a 1, but I definitely believe he has an opportunity to be a 3 if given the chance. A statement on Marcus Mariota, it felt as though Mariota did not impact games while with Tennessee, either through offensive approach or poor individual play or a combination of the two. The Numbers do not protest the notion. Mariota is among 67 quarterbacks to start at least 50 regular season games over the past 20 seasons. He accounted for zero touchdown passing or rushing in 34% of his starts. Fourth worst among 67 quarterbacks. Behind only, Joey Harrington, David Carr, and Matt Castle. So that was one of the biggest knocks on Marcus Mariota. But again, I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to help out with the Raiders in a a nice role. But again, I, I agree with this statement where it's as a backup. Uh, Another tier four guy is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's right behind uh, Marcus Mariota, who came in at number 27. Fitzpatrick's in at number 28. Tyrod Taylor, who looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Chargers, he's in at number 29. Drew Locke, the starting quarterback for the Broncos, who's been getting a lot of love uh, from a lot of different people, he actually came in at 30th. What they said about Locke, Locke has started only five games, which almost guaranteed he received mostly tier four votes, indicating there's not enough information to make an assessment. A few voters were willing to rate Locke higher than that based on what they saw during his brief time on the field and also based on what they thought of him coming out of college. But uh, yeah, Drew Locke came in at number 30. And of course, if you're going to talk about Kansas City's quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, he came in at number one. I don't think I have to really go into too much detail about him. I think everyone's pretty much aware of what the dude could do. But uh, one statement on Mahomes he has changed that whole thing. Patrick Mahomes dominates. You never feel like the game is over. I can't think of anyone like him. Uh, He was a tier one guy. He got all 50 votes for tier one. In 2019, he was a tier one guy. I don't think anybody could disagree with that. But. Uh, I do have a little bit of an issue with ranking Cam Newton at number 19. I had a big issue with that, as a matter of fact. Again, he hasn't done anything. You haven't seen him healthy since 2018. It is now the calendar year of 2020, and you're still ranking him higher than a guy who at least has been there, available, and playing the last two years and continued to get better. I just I just don't see it. So, uh, have no problem with Derek Carr coming in at 20, but have a major problem with Cam Newton who's very unproven the last few years coming in at 19, and then Marcus Mariota coming in at number 27. So, that's how the Raiders rank, and that's how the rest of the quarterbacks in the AFC West rank. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, Every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It is your time to shine your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Put it in your phone. Lock it in. 707-654-4693. First call up today is from a call that you haven't heard in a minute. T3 Raider Facts. He's calling in with his five quick hits of the day after being gone for a while. He's talking Jamal Adams, Raider Nation Radio, Uh, the topic I had on Monday, Raiders culture, and possible Raider cuts. Oh, and by the way, MJ Acosta as well. He talks about her. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts.
4: This is T3 Raider Facts. After some time away, I'm back. And here are my five quick hits for the day. Number one, Jamal Adams got himself out of New York, which is one less defensive backfield stud the Raiders will have to face in 2020. I think you were right when you assessed that this deal actually works out well for both teams, Q. There are very few teams that I feel can afford to give up all that draft capital and still come out okay. The Seahawks just happen to be one of those teams. The Raiders are not quite there yet. Number two, Raider Nation Radio 920. Q, I want to congratulate you and Scott G. on bigger and better things down the road. I'll continue to be a supporter of the Silver and Black today, as well as this podcast, Hard to believe I've been rolling with you now for over a year. Number three, when you talk about culture within the Raiders' organization, I point back to 2016. I will admit, I was really excited when Jack Del Rio came in. He was a Bay Area guy. He was coming in to get some things fixed. And he did get a few things fixed. The Raiders made it back to the playoffs, and the hype train started to churn. But then the train derailed in week three of the 2017 season, and 2016 turned out to be nothing more than fool's gold. But now, there is a firm down foundation now. It started last year, and it continues this year. What's different is that the Raiders have a new home and world-class facilities. Everyone wants to be in Vegas, and that's how you build a winning organization. Now they just have to do it on the field. Number four, this is a much different year in predicting roster spots. It's pretty easy to pick the first 10 that will be cut down as the team turns down to 80 men. But no preseason games and limited reps could spell trouble for guys like Keelan Doss, Justin Phillips, Rod Smith, Nick Usher, and Javen White. We'll get more into the cutdowns later, but these five in particular are certainly worth keeping an eye on. Number five, even as we keep an eye on COVID-19, I also wanted to take the opportunity to give a shout-out and mad props to a supporter of your show, Ms. MJ Acosta. She recently hosted a panel discussion on the importance of women speaking up and steps needed to change the workplace culture in sports. Q, when we talk about culture, let's not ignore the importance of women, not only in society but in sports. Gender should never make someone vulnerable, and it will take the efforts of the strong and the positioned to better empower those who either don't have a seat at the table or a conditional seat that's threatened or manipulated in some way, shape, or form. This is just another way in which we need to do better. All right, nation, I'm ready for some football, and I'm ready to go camping. Let's keep our fingers crossed that the protocols in place will be safe and effective. Stay safe and stay passionate. Because passion always outlives fashion.
0: T3, man, thank you so much for the call. Definitely appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, man, you've been a loyal listener to the podcast for a very long time. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, you, you had a lot of good stuff right there. Jamal Adams uh, talking about Raider Nation Radio, uh, the culture. Uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on with a lot of that stuff. MJ Acosta does a great job with everything she does. And, uh, yeah, I definitely believe when I talk culture, I've talked about uh, women's culture as well and the fact that they, uh, they definitely need to Uh, be more respected in in the sports industry talked about that for a long long time matter of fact talked with MJ Acosta about that uh, multiple times so uh, yeah thank you for the call appreciate you next up got another call how about brother Marquise in the 305 he's calling in to talk about Rico Gafford all the love he's been getting from a lot of Raider Nation also wants to talk about the lack of the preseason and how that might actually help instead of hurt he's got a good reason behind it here he is brother Marquise in 305
2: Raider Nation what's going on it's your brother Marquise Q what's going on brother I gotta tell you, man, I love uh, you being on Silver and Black show. Makes a uh, added a whole new element for me, um, and I think you've improved the show. So uh, big ups to you for that, because now I'm being a staple. I'm I'm happy to see that. Um, now let's get to business. First off, I want to talk about all this love for Rico Gafford. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I know dudes fast, but am, am I missing something? Did something happen? Did Rico Gafford do something that that I was unaware of recently um, because we're talking about how dynamic he would be with Aaron Ruggs, and, and that may be. Who knows? But all I know is that he was on the roster that had an awful wide receiver court last year, and he couldn't get on the field. And when he did get on the field, I know he had one big play of 70 yards that to be honest with you, I could have been open because Gruden did a hell of a job scheming that open. wasn't like he beat anybody; he just was running straight down. No one picked him up. It was broken coverage or a great design—one of the two. So I don't, I don't understand all the love for Rico Gafford, and, and, and I don't—I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying I, I don't—I don't understand why we keep talking about him. Um, secondly, um, also wanted to talk about—you know—we we brought up the point about. Um, the preseason now I'm not mean pre season is gonna hurt a lot of guys and yeah I think it's gonna hurt a lot of guys but in the long run I think you're gonna help more guys than hurt because like we said before um practice squads increased uh I don't know fifteen or sixteen guys from ten. So now that's five or six other guys every 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 uh five or six more guys that are going to be on the roster or are going to be on the team getting a paycheck that wouldn't have gotten them before. So let's say you're going to camp with eighty people this year that means technically you're coming out of them. You could you're you're going to be coming out with 69 guys, 53 on your roster plus another 16 on your practice squad. So there's going to be a lot of guys who get more opportunity just because they get to stay on the on the practice squad. And yeah, maybe they don't they don't uh, maybe they're not on the active roster, but they're getting a paycheck. So um, and they get to show you every day in practice what they can do and and build for the next year, which a lot of times some of these guys wouldn't have had the opportunity. So. I think the NFL is doing a good job doing what they can during this situation. Um, lastly, just want to give, you know, in the last few seconds, I just want to, again, um, say how excited I am for this season to come up. I think it's going to be a heck of a year. Looking forward to seeing what's going on. Uh, still would love to add Clowney. I think we need to improve that pass rush just a little bit and improve the depth. In any case, it's going to be fun. All
0: right, Brother Marquis, out. Brother Marquis in the 305 rep Miami one time. Definitely appreciate hearing from you, man. And I'll tell you, I, I, I don't get it either as far as all the love for Rico Gafford. I know he's super fast and speed kills. Uh, we said that multiple times, and if he was out there with Henry Ruggs, I could see how that could be a problem. But you're right, man. I mean, when he's been out there, he hasn't really done anything. And look, he's played in five career games over two seasons. He has two catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown, along with 49 yards on the one touchdown play that you were talking about. Again, I think he's a really cool guy. I know he gives back to his community, he's doing some really great things. But as far as just being a dog out there, I mean, there's a reason why he hasn't made, you know, the squad and made a bigger impact on the team uh, the whole time he's been in the league. Now, again, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a chance. It's just with this kind of year, it's going to be tough for him to make a squad. I think it's a numbers game. I've said it multiple times. But, you know, all he has to do is, is get an opportunity. You know, you got to get his foot in the door. That's all he's got to do. And he has to, you know, it's up to him whatever he can make out of that. But as far as the practice squad goes, you bring up a really good point that I hadn't thought about. You know, and so I do like the fact that um, you know that that they're adding more players to the practice squad, and some more guys will be on a payroll, and they'll actually have jobs in the NFL. So uh, from that standpoint, you're absolutely right. Now, from the standpoint as these guys all being on the same page, as soon as uh, week one hits, that's that's not going to happen. But uh, again, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. So I, I like the point that you bring up, and I'm with you as far as Clowny at the right price and and the right timing. Uh, I, I would definitely, you know, like to add him to the roster. But camp is opening up today. I would like to see Clowney in camp, you know, immediately. I, I really would. I don't want him to miss any camp. I think he needs that. So again. The right price and the right timing, and yeah, I'm all in on Jadeveon Clowney. Thank you so much. It's always good to hear from you, my man. Next up is a text, Raider Castro on the 661. What up, Q? Listening to the podcast this morning, the culture, and I couldn't agree more. Like yourself, I was living when Gruden traded Mac. I didn't understand at the time, but I see what he was doing now, laying down the foundation. The Raiders are looking like a great team, filling in the positions needed and choosing the right players through the draft. I'm extremely happy with what Gruden, Mayock, and Mark are doing. Seems like they're all on board and the Raiders have a bright future. On another note, I watched the Silver and Black show today or yesterday and i finally seen your mug, LOL. Tell me why I thought you had dreads and looked like Sway from MTV, LOL. Keep up the great work, much love and respect. That's from Raider Castro. Uh, thank you so much for that. And that's funny. Sway is my guy, man. He's an Oakland dude. Uh, he's my guy. Used to work at KML up in the Bay. Uh, Talked to him a lot. Used to see him at the Super Bowl all the time. And that's a really, really good dude, man. Sway, he works for, uh, what, a Sirius XM now? He does a hell of a job. But no, I don't look anything like Sway. I got a ball fade. Don't have no dreads <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. So, uh, yeah, man, it, it's good that I'm glad you are able to catch up on the Silver and Black Today show, and hopefully you'll be tuning in on the daily when we do that show on uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. there in Vegas. Final call for the show today actually is a, a little bit older call came in last week from Sean in Salt Lake city, but it's a really good call. He's uh, talking about one of the shows last week and, uh, had a reaction to a call he heard from Joby one Kenobi and a really good testimonial to go with it. Uh, that's why it's worth playing right now. So here he is. Sean in Salt Lake city, uh, late last week call.
3: Q Raider nation, Sean Salt Lake city. Just finished uh, Thursday's podcast here in this Friday morning, just from pulling into the parking lot at work. Um, I like Joe Kenobi's call talking about challenge Las Vegas fans, and then he chimed in saying how um, we're just cut different. I know we talk about this a lot, and I just, and I just firmly believe that statement too, um, because because I uh, would see a few years ago, I think it was 2014, I want to say, um, played Denver. He was in Oakland. Um, Manning was on the Raiders. Uh, I think we went up like 10-0 on them. T- Justin Tuck had that little interception that he had, and then all of a sudden, C.J. Anderson had his breakout game, and that's when it that kind of killed us, right? Um, but watching how the fans were, watching how excited um, everything was, it's my dad hates football. Absolutely hates it. He thinks it's the stupidest sport ever. Um, he's weird like that. Big baseball guy, but whatever. So we decided to go to game together, and he went to that game. And seeing how the fans were, seeing the college fans, seeing the culture Raiders have, almost sold him. And I know everyone's like, oh, it's almost, what does that even mean? It's like, if you knew my dad, like, and this dude, like, generally hates football. Like, he almost, almost was sold on football. And so when I think of Raider fans, I think of people who almost converted my dad to being a football fan, and that's huge. So I do believe you in that statement. We're different. I mean, I'm working at the Salt Lake Airport right now, the expansion that we have. And I got a big Raider strip on my car. I got on my hard hat. I wear shirts all the time. People know who I am. And every Raider fan's the same exact way. We have people from all over, from all over the West United States working on this on this job, and so there's so many Raider fans. And every time we see each other, we have to stop and talk. We have to say something about, "Hey, man, cool shirt, cool hat," you know. And that's just that's just how we are. So I agree with that. Thing we are cut different. And I'm proud to be part of it.
0: Good stuff right there, my man. Really good call. Uh, Appreciate that awesome testimonial about your dad. And, you know, it's funny. I tell fans all the time. I say on ESPN Central Texas all the time. If you go to a Raiders game and you soak it in, you could easily become a fan. It's very infectious. It's just one of those things. I don't know how many people I've gone to a game with and all of a sudden immediately they're like, oh, my God, the Raiders are my team. It's just a different culture. It's a different fan base. The personality of the fan base is just different. It's you got to witness it to understand it. But, uh, man, being a Raider, being, being a Raider is, is so much different than being a fan of any other team in the league. I know when the wife went with me to that last game in Oakland, she had such a great time against the Jaguars. Even though the Raiders lost uh, for her first experience of an NFL game, period, and to be able to, to witness a Raiders game and closing down the Coliseum, she had an amazing time, absolutely amazing time. So I think that that's just what you got to do at some point in your life, even if you're on the fence with, I don't know who I want to be a fan of. Hey, man, go check out a Raiders game and guarantee you'll be a fan of that. And I don't care where they're playing. They can be playing on at home, away, on Mars, Africa. It don't matter. A Raider game is a Raider game, and it is going down. Guarantee the fan base is going to have you amped up by the time you leave that game. So, yeah, just like I always say, just cut from a different cloth. So that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate all the feedback. Uh, Appreciate all the love I've been receiving on Twitter about the Silver and Black Today Show, uh, at your boy Q254. And, of course, you can always call or text the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Just remember, nothing changes for me. It's just another thing I add to my list. That's all. ESPN Central Texas, same. Locked on Raiders podcast. Same. All I'm doing is adding silver and black today on the daily uh, with Scott Goldbranson. So nothing's going to change from what I do. All I'm going to do is add a little bit something, something to my plate. And anyone who's been listening to me for a long time knows that I would have it no other way. So that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, Until tomorrow, we'll get into some talk about training camp and uh, yeah, get some good feedback. Calls and texts off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, news and notes, and and a little bit more. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, wash your hands, social distance, do what you got to do, wear your mask, and just win, baby.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.